Well, thanks, John. Well, hey, guys. Uh, so tonight, uh, we're in the book of John. Uh, we've officially been in the book of John for 30 weeks. Everyone say 30 weeks. 30 weeks. Yeah, that's how many weeks we've been in the book of John, and we are just about halfway through. Everyone said amen. Yeah. Uh, how many of you guys enjoyed uh, our good brother Aaron uh, speaking out of 1 John 11 last week? I thought it was pretty sweet. I'm pretty stoked about Aaron and what God's called him to do. Uh, and so if you weren't here and you want to hear that message, it is recorded and it will be uh, available for you. So if you weren't here and you want to uh, hear what Aaron had to say from the word of God, uh, you can pick that up from me. Uh, and I will hook you up with all the necessary means of downloading it from Google Drive and all that good stuff. But tonight, guys, we're in uh, John chapter 12. Uh, a portion of scripture uh, that is probably familiar to a lot of us, um, but it's a random time of the year to be talking about this portion of scripture. So we'll be getting to that in just a second. I will, uh, I will forewarn you guys. Uh, there is a good chance I'm losing my voice tonight uh, because, uh, well, Dan and I had a good time today, uh, uh, and Aaron was with us too. We were hanging out with. Uh, uh, some elementary school kids at their field day. Uh, Aaron and I got pretty good at field horseshoes. It's not really horseshoes, but they're like these little sail things. It's pretty fun. Uh, but hanging out with kids, laughing with kids. Uh, and then uh, we did a little bit of pre-service prayer before pre-service prayer. And I kind of lost my voice during prayer. Uh, so we're praying that uh, I have a voice tonight. Um, and if I don't, that just means God didn't need you guys to hear what I was going to say. Um, but I believe this is a message from the Lord for us uh, for uh, today. So if you have your Bibles, I want to see your Bibles because I love seeing people's Bibles. I do this almost every week. That one's covered in duct tape. That's awesome. I see a smartphone. How many of you guys have a hardback Bible? Any hardback Bibles in the room? Awesome. Hardback, hardback. That's solid. How many of you guys got the fake leather Bibles? That's cool. Oh, hard case phone. That's awesome. Uh, my man Cade in the front's got his FCA Bible. That's legit. I love it. Um, guys, turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles to John chapter 12. Uh, when you get to John chapter 12, let me know by saying holla. And if you're not there yet, let me know by saying hold up. Any hold ups? All right. Check this out, guys. So as you're looking, I'm not actually going to read yet. I'm not going to read yet. I just want you to look because verses 1 through 8 is a portion of scripture that I could spend the entire night talking about. It's a portion of scripture where we see Jesus come back to the city of Bethany. This is about 15 miles outside of Jerusalem. Jesus hasn't been to Jerusalem for a long time, uh, but he's entering Jerusalem in just a few short moments after this portion of Scripture. This is actually, this portion of Scripture is eight days before Jesus is going to be crucified. So uh, that, that might help you understand what's going on here. But he goes to Bethany. This is right after uh, he raises Lazarus from the dead. We heard Aaron talking about that last week. And he's kicking it at Lazarus's house with Lazarus's sisters, Mary and Martha. And if you guys are familiar with the story, we have our good friend Martha. And she's just being a busybody, running around, doing everything she wants to do. She's like, oh, i got to get this done, got to get this done, got to get this done. And uh, she's just really busy. Uh, but then we have Lazarus uh, chilling with Jesus, sitting at his feet, just listening uh, to Jesus uh, talk about the things uh, that pertain to God. And we have Mary doing the same. And then at this moment, Mary, she takes this oil and she anoints Jesus' feet. And, and, and then Judas is like, what you doing? This is crazy. We could have used this money to give to the poor. And uh, then John tells us, well, Judas really didn't want to give to the poor. He was a thief and he had the money. 
and just stole all the money and whatnot. Um, and then Jesus says the words, the poor you always have, but you don't have need for that much longer. He was uh, foreshadowing uh, and, and foretelling his death. Uh, and I could spend a lot of time talking about uh, offering to Jesus uh, of our first things, our best things, and we can talk about what it means to give to Jesus. Uh, I can also talk about what it means about being busy for Jesus or spending time with Jesus and, and the benefits of both, but uh, one kind of has more benefits uh, than the other because we can get caught up in doing so much good that we lose the point of why we're doing the good when Jesus just wants us to hang out with him. Uh, but those are all sermons for another night. Uh, so then if you look, how many of your guys' Bibles have little headings? Okay. Uh, this is a cool heading in the Bible. I don't know why it's cool. I think it's because I like law and order. But it says, the plot to kill Lazarus. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> this is so crazy. Uh, Lazarus just died. He's raised from the dead by Jesus. And now there's a plot to kill him because people are just getting freaked out. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, this is crazy. So it was just interesting to me. Uh, but we're not going to cover that tonight either. Uh, we're going to pick up in verse 12. We're going to go just verses 12 through 19 tonight. Uh, I'm going to read these verses, um, but before I read these verses, I want to give you the opportunity to grab your notebook uh, and a pen, because uh, I'm going to encourage you guys to take notes. Uh, and if you've heard me say take notes, you've probably heard me follow it up with this. I do not want you to take notes because I think I have anything good to say, but it's because I think God's Word has something good to say. And I think God's Word is living and active, and it's sharper than any two-edged sword, and it pierces through uh, the bone and the marrow, uh, and it reveals to us the truth and the motives and the intents of our heart. Uh, and so I believe God's word uh, is going to speak to us tonight. And if you're taking notes, uh, the title of tonight's message, you ready for this? You've never heard this message in church before. Uh, this is the title of the message. Uh, you guys ready for this? Okay, it's okay to laugh too. Not just some old donkey. Yeah, okay, I got at least one laugh. That's awesome. We're talking about donkeys tonight. Uh, I think donkeys are cool. Uh, and if you don't, well, you're going to at the end of the night. So the title of the message uh, is not just some old donkey. Uh, in our culture, uh, we tend to degrade donkeys. Uh, we actually have a phrase that is in reference to donkeys. Uh, many of you probably didn't even know it was in reference to donkeys. Uh, but in the old English, donkeys are referred to. You heard Pastor Dave say it from the pulpit on Sunday. Uh, Pastor Dave uh, said, ask. Uh, from the pulpit on Sunday. He was referring to an old English donkey. Uh, but in our culture, uh, we don't like donkeys very much that we have made this phrase, you are a dumb donkey. Uh, I'm not going to say that phrase from the pulpit because that would be uh, just a bad thing to do. Uh, but we think donkeys are dumb, uh, and many times we think donkeys are useless. Uh, why, why use a donkey when you can just use a horse? I watched a video this morning. What I do when I wake up, I, uh, I, I read the Bible, I pray. Uh, and then I just hop on and see if anyone posted a funny video for the morning. Uh, and someone posted this video uh, of horse racing. How many of you guys watch horse racing? Anyone watch, Aaron watches horse racing? Sam? Okay, that's cool. Uh, how many of you guys know something amazing happened uh, this, uh, like, like within this month? Uh, uh, something happened that hasn't happened uh, in 37 years? Uh, you know what happened? Yeah, yeah. American Pharaoh, this horse, won the Triple Crown. That's pretty impressive, a record that hasn't been done for 37 years. That's pretty cool. Uh, but what they did was they took a video of Secretariat. How many of you guys seen the movie or just know a little bit about Secretariat? They put Secretariat's race against uh, American Pharaoh's race at the same track, uh, 37 years apart, and they wanted to see, because the, the thing is, is LeBron James better than Michael Jordan? Or, or, or you know, like, uh, we, we always try and compare old athletes to new athletes and whatnot. And they're like, well, let's just see uh, if Secretariat... Um, is, is just so 
substandard to new fast bred horses American Pharaoh. Well, they, they showed the races side by side. Uh, Secretariat would have won by four seconds. What? That's impressive. I mean, we're talking in a horse race. Four seconds is a long time. Yeah. And, uh, and Secretariat was a beast. Um, and you don't race donkeys. Uh, I've seen uh, donkey races, but most of them are in back corners of Mexico, and you just don't go there. Uh, no, I actually haven't seen a donkey race in Mexico. Someone just told me to do that kind of stuff. Um, then he ate a bad taco, so it could have been the bad taco talking. Uh, but uh, it's, it's kind of, uh, oh, I, I thought of this when I, was, when I was writing the sermon. I was just trying to think, what's the most memorable donkey to me? Uh, and, and I was like, oh my goodness. Yes, Shrek. <laughs> like Eddie okay. Murphy doing the voice of donkey, right? Right. And so I wrote in my notes, I'm like, some donkeys have layers. And then I realized, wait, donkeys, donkeys don't have layers. Ogres have layers. It's like a parfait or an onion, right? Uh, but some donkeys like their waffles. Yeah, right? I'm breakfast. Yeah, man, I love that donkey. Uh, but that's not the coolest donkey. We're going to talk about the coolest donkey ever tonight. Uh, but in Bible times, donkeys were very important. Um, they were like the pickup truck of, of Palestine. They were the pickup truck of the, the first century world. Uh, they were the old reliable truck, and I would put money on it that if Tim McGraw was back in Jesus times, he'd write a country song about his donkey. Okay, because all country songs are about trucks, dogs, and girlfriends, right, Daniel? Like country. Yeah. And so he'd write, he'd write, he'd write a song about his donkey. And uh, you might think I'm joking. We're actually going to have a song that's in the Bible about a donkey, and I'll tell you about it in just a little bit. Uh, but most people had donkeys, and uh, in the Bible, donkeys play a huge part uh, in some narratives. How many of you guys uh, could think of at least three stories in the Bible where a donkey is referred to? Anyone could think of three? Anyone think of two? Anyone think of two? How many of you can think of at least one story? All right, that's awesome, everyone, because we're in one tonight. Um, how many of you guys know who Absalom is? Anyone know who Absalom is? My boy Phil does. Uh, Absalom was a guy with some awesome hair. Uh, he was one of David's sons, uh, and he didn't like the way David was running the kingdom, so he threw a coup, and he said, we're going to divide the kingdom. There's some civil war. Uh, and one day, Absalom is fleeing on his donkey, and uh, his donkey, being a smart donkey, because donkeys aren't dumb, uh, being a smart donkey, uh, a donkey runs him underneath this like low-hanging tree branch. And I mean, Absalom, if only we could see him, he had some nice, beautiful flowing hair. Sam, your hair is beautiful, but it was even more than yours. It was like herbal essence Fabio hair, you know, he's ready to go. The Bible tells us he cut it once a year, and it was just this golden like flow and then he, he grew it all back out, and he's riding, and he's riding, and he's riding on his donkey, you know, and all of a sudden, he goes under this branch, and his hair grabs on the branch, and the Bible says this about his donkey. The Bible says this. You can find the story in the Old Testament. It says this, uh, that the mule rode on. He's just like, yeah, uh, in your face, master. Uh, you just hang there by the tree, uh, and then we're told that uh, his enemies came up and put a few spears through his heart. So uh, this donkey uh, was responsible for uh, David's enemy's death. Um, another donkey that's famous in the Bible, uh, probably the most peculiar donkey. You thought Shrek's donkey was the first talking donkey? No. Uh, there, there, there's a gentleman in the Bible by the name of Balaam, uh, and he was a prophet. Uh, he was not a Jewish prophet, but he was a prophet of the one true God. Uh, and, uh, but he got into some cahoots with someone who wasn't very good, a king named Balak. Uh, and Balak gave him a lot of money to curse ba- uh, to, to curse Israel, and uh, and so Balaam he's like I'm gonna go curse Israel, 
Uh, it's actually a great story. You can go read it in Numbers. Uh, there's some really cool prophecies that take place there. But as he's writing to go curse uh, Israel, uh, Balaam's donkey like pins him up against a wall and breaks his foot. And, uh, and then he's like, you stupid donkey, and hits him. And then keeps riding, the donkey does it again. And then a third time he does it, and Balaam's just mad at this point. He starts beating his donkey, and out of nowhere, Balaam's donkey turns around and goes, why are you beating me? And, like, that's crazy when you think about it. Like, if I heard a donkey talk, I'd be like, whoa, you can talk? And he spoke like, to it yeah. as if it were normal. And he spoke to it as if it were normal. He's just like, I'm beating you because you're dumb, and if I had a sword, I'd kill you. And, uh, and then the donkey was saying, hey, there's an angel right here, because uh, the donkey could see things uh, that, that, that he couldn't see. Uh, and I know if I were a donkey, I wouldn't want to run into an angel with a flaming sword, because then I might become flaming donkey, which probably doesn't taste very good. Uh, another donkey that makes an appearance in the Bible is a dead donkey. Uh, this donkey was a donkey that was stumbled upon by the man, once again, who had beautiful flow. This was a, a Nazarite, and he, he, he sees his donkey. His name's Samson. Many of you probably have heard of him. He sees a dead donkey, and he sees all these Philistines, and he's like, dude, these Philistines are coming. They all got swords and spears and shields and armor. I don't have a weapon. He looks down, and he sees a donkey, and he goes, oh, but this donkey has a jawbone. He pulls out the dead donkey's jawbone, and he goes to town and he kills all the Philistines with it. The Bible goes on to tell us that then he writes a song, and the song goes something like this. With a donkey's jawbone, heaps and heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey, I killed many men. Now, in Jewish poetry, uh, they, they uh, tend to do some funny things. Uh, and so the same word there for heaps is the same word for donkey. So actually the song reads, with, the don uh, with a donkey's jawbone, donkey and donkey, with a donkey's jawbone, I killed many men. So there's your country song about a donkey. Uh, we have another donkey. Um, it's a donkey that brought uh, Mary into Bethlehem and uh, baby Jesus and all that good stuff. Uh, how many of you guys watched like the old Christmas movies from the 70s? Rankin and Bass. Anyone know Rankin and Bass? Okay. Uh, how many of you guys saw the Rankin and Bass movie, Nestor the Christmas Donkey? Nestor with the big ears? Yeah, Nestor is my hero. I love Nestor. It's not biblical. It's not historical. But Nestor, he's my homie. Uh, and he's a Christmas donkey. I love it. Uh, but today we're going to talk about the luckiest donkey of all donkeys. Uh, and he's not just some old donkey. Let's read the Bible. Let's pray. Enough donkey business. This is what it says in verse 12. Y'all there? All right, here we go. The next day a great multitude had come, uh, or that had come to the feast. When they had heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches off of palm trees, and they went out to meet him. And they cried out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King of Israel. And then Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, sat on it, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, your king is coming, sitting on a donkey's colt. And his disciples did not understand these things at first, but when Jesus was glorified, they remembered these things that were written down about him, that they had done these things to him. Therefore, the people who were with him when he had called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead bore witness. For this reason, the people also met him because they heard that he had done this sign. And the Pharisees therefore said among themselves, you see that you are accomplishing nothing. Look, the world has gone after him. Let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you so much for your word. God, we thank you that your word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Uh, God, we pray that tonight, God, your living word would speak to us. Uh, God, I pray that each and every single one of us, God, would be encouraged by what your word has to say. God, we would be inspired by the truth that is in your word. 
not in each and every single one of us, God, that we would be challenged by what your word has to say. God, I pray that not a one of us, God, would walk out the same way we walked in, but God, that each and every single one of us would be changed by the power of your word. God, that we would be inspired uh, by what you have to say. God, I pray that none of these would be my words. Uh, God, anything that would be of me, uh, may it fall on deaf ears and may it not even be able to get it out of my mouth. God, we want your perfect word to ring true. Uh, God, you are a great God. Uh, God, and uh, we are just lowly uh, people, but God, you have uh, granted us the opportunity, uh, God, to have communion with you. Uh, God, and you speak to us through your word. So God, we just humbly approach your word uh, tonight, God, and we just pray that you would speak to us through your word. So God, we thank you and we praise you in your son's wonderful and beautiful name, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, amen. 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 Uh, The donkey, the donkey that is here in verse 14, uh, he has a very great role. He gets to carry Jesus at his triumphal entry. Now, um, many of you are probably like, why are we talking about the triumphal entry? Easter was a few months ago. How many of you guys know, like, on Palm Sunday, this is the normal passage of Scripture you read? How many of you guys remember when you were kids, and maybe you still do this, I think it's awesome if you do, um, how many of you guys remember going to church on Palm Sunday and getting, like, the palm branches, the palm leaves, the palm fronds? Uh, I know me and my brother, because uh, me and my brother, we were pastor's kids, and we created a lot of havoc when we were younger. Uh, we got to stay at church a little bit longer, because I dad was a pastor. And so everyone would leave the palm branches everywhere. And so John and I would get as many palm branches as we could. We'd sneak them home because my dad wouldn't want any coming home. And we would have so many palm branches. And we'd like accidentally hide them in places in our room. And then they'd like die and get all crinkly. And then you'd have just broken palm branches all over the place. But this is what John and I did that was the coolest thing. Uh, and, and if you have younger siblings um, and you go to Palm Sunday where they do this, I encourage you to do this to your younger siblings. It's awesome. You take a palm front and you take all the individual leaves off and you end it with like a palm like uh, branch and it, it is a very good whip and if people are wearing shorts you can walk up behind them like get them in the calf and it will leave welts it is awesome john gave me welts i gave john welts and i think we both gave our sister welts and she's not here to defend herself tonight she'll be here tomorrow uh, or, or, or next week so you can tell her i said that uh but i believe wholeheartedly, uh, that it's actually awesome to take a look at this portion of Scripture at a time of year that is not the Easter season, because so often uh, we can get uh, kind of lost in the spectacularness, that's not even a word, but the spectacularness of Easter. I would liken it to this. How many of you guys have seen the movie Family, uh, or, or uh, National Lampoon's uh, Family Christmas, I think yeah. that, or Christmas Vacation, that's the one. Uh, uh, I'm not endorsing the movie, but Chevy Chase is hilarious. And they go out in this movie, and they go get Christmas trees, you know. Uh, and he gets a big Christmas tree. Uh, but he didn't think it was too big uh, until he gets to his house, and it, like, busts out windows. And he has a, an interesting ordeal on the road. Uh, but the reason why he, didn't, he thought it would fit was because it was amongst really, really big trees. And so sometimes there's great portions of Scripture uh, in the Bible that we so often gloss over because they're surrounded by some really great parts that, that, that we have, as the church, have, have said, this is awesome, let's focus on this. And we tend to miss some really cool things in Scripture. Um, and with that being said, uh, with the triumphal entry, it's in every gospel, and so we're going to be bouncing around tonight. Is that okay if we bounce around uh, from book to book of the Bible tonight? Are you guys okay with that? Awesome, because even if you said we're not, I'm still doing it. Uh, and our first point uh, tonight, if you're taking notes, uh, this donkey carried in the coming king. 
uh, if we look there in verse 12, it says this, The next day a great multitude had come uh, the next day, the great multitude that had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, they took branches off of palm trees and went out to meet him. So there's this great multitude here in Jerusalem. Um, and Jerusalem uh, is, is a zoo at this point. Um, how many of you guys have ever been uh, to like a, a Black Friday shopping spree or shopping sale? Yeah, like it gets crazy. I just don't even do those kind of things. Uh, I've been to Chicago. Uh, to Chicago's airport uh, during a very busy time. Uh, it's crazy. It's a zoo. Jerusalem, though, however, was an extreme zoo at this point. Jerusalem, at this time during the uh, first century, Josephus, the historian, tells us uh, that Jerusalem's population was about 150,000. Okay, 150,000. It's a pretty good-sized city. It's not a very big city uh, square mile-wise, though. So we got like 150,000 people stacked up in this tiny little city. But during Passover, Josephus says there were over a million people in Jerusalem at any given time. So we're talking about the population of this city uh, growing about nine times. This is intense. This is like, it is hustle and bustle, and there's people everywhere. And at this point in Jesus' ministry, he's been staying out of Jerusalem uh, for a very good reason. Uh, he has a, a warrant out for his arrest in Jerusalem. And if any of the Pharisees see Jesus, they have the authority to arrest Jesus uh, and put him on trial. So Jesus has been staying out of uh, Jerusalem, um, but he decides to come to Jerusalem on this day. Verse 14, it says this, that Jesus, when he had found a young donkey, uh, the Greek word there for found, um, it's, it's probably not the best translation when it says found, because it's just like Jesus was like looking around every street corner. He's like, oh, where's the donkey? Oh, there's the donkey. No, that's not what Jesus was doing. He wasn't looking for a donkey. That word found actually could more properly be translated as uh, came into possession of. Okay, came into possession of. If you will with me, uh, turn in your Bibles to Mark chapter 14, and we're going to read the first few verses of Mark 14. See, I asked you if I could have permission to do this, and you guys gave me permission, and now we're doing it. Mark chapter 14, verse 1 says this. Uh, not Mark 14, I meant Mark 11. What am I doing? Mark 11, it says this. Uh, now when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethpage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, and he said to them, Go into the village opposite of you, and as soon as you enter it, you will find a colt, or a young donkey, tied uh, on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it to me. And if anyone says to you, Why are you doing this? Say, The Lord has need of it. And immediately uh, he will send it here. Uh, in other words, what's going on is Jesus just went and commanded his disciples to go hotwire someone's pickup truck. I mean, if we're going to be honest here, if we just re like reference uh, a donkey's pickup truck, Jesus is saying, go take this person's donkey, go hotwire this truck, and if someone has a problem with you doing that, say, the Lord has need of it. Um, that's not how things happen today. Uh, I can only imagine if I went and... Uh, we live near Estacada. Estacada is a great place. There's, there's great yeah. things to do over there. Um, but I know Estacada well enough that if I were to sneak onto a farm and start hotwiring a truck, I would have someone with a shotgun right in my face and say, what are you doing? I would say, the Lord has need of it. <laughs> yeah, well, you'll all be attending a funeral pretty soon. Uh, but that's what Jesus is commanding them to do. And it's crazy because this is actually what takes place. Uh, and, and what's awesome about this uh, is that this is actually prophesied in Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Uh, and the Gospel of Matthew paints this out, uh, that, that Jesus uh, will ride into town uh, on the colt of a donkey. Uh, and then Matthew says, as it is written in the book of Zechariah, 
and, uh, and, and we now have the numbers, chapter 9 uh, and verse 9. Uh, but it is at this um, point uh, that Jesus is going to do something uh, that is unprecedented uh, and that is a pretty big statement. You see, at this time period, when a king would ride into a town, uh, a king would ride into town on a horse uh, because a king was showing his dominance and his power, and, and, and this was a warring time, there was wars going on, and so kings would ride into town on a horse, ready for battle, and they would go into war riding on a horse. The only time a king would ride into a town on a donkey was when it was peacetime. And in essence, what Jesus is doing is he's saying, I'm coming as king to bring peace. And this is a big slap in the face to the Jews because they believed the Messiah was going to come and be a warring Messiah. But Jesus is coming saying, no, I want to establish peace. But the crazy thing about this is Jesus is making a statement. I am the king, and I'm about to do some pretty intense things. Now, here's the question uh, I know is raised, and, and I know I've raised it at times. Uh, if Jesus had all this power, if Jesus is God, why did he wait three years to do this? Uh, Jesus could have at any point entered Jerusalem and said, I'm king. Uh, there were many points where his followers actually asked him to be established as king. At one point, uh, it said that the crowd gathered around him, and they said, if by force we will make this man our king. And Jesus was like, no, it's not ready. No, it's not ready. No, it's not ready. Um, and here's the thing. Uh, Jesus, at this point, as I mentioned earlier, uh, he is entering Jerusalem at the tail end of his ministry. He's been ministering in Jerusalem and around Jerusalem for three years. And now at this point in the book of John, like I said, we've been in the book of John 30 weeks. It's a long time. We've, we're now in chapter 12. Uh, the book of John uh, has 21 chapters. And here's the thing. Uh, the next, whatever that is, nine chapters, is eight days of Jesus' life. Uh, and now we are at the end of Jesus' ministry. And the thing is, Jesus um, hasn't been very forward uh, about who he is and the power that he is. He's told the disciples, I'm Messiah. He's told the Pharisees, I'm Messiah. And, and he's done all these miracles, but he hasn't done the big authoritative, I am king, I am going to restore, this is my plan. Uh, he's been trying to stay under the radar. He's been trying to keep a low profile, but how many of you guys know, just like the culture we live in, when someone tries to keep something under the profile, you get a bunch of hipsters saying, no, like this, this ain't cool, so we're going to be the hipsters. And then it becomes cool because all the hipsters did it. And now it just becomes, it's, it's a weird society we live in. Same society Jesus lived in. He wanted to be under uh, the, the, the radar, wanted to be low key, but everyone else was like, let's make him the coolest thing ever. And so Jesus uh, went viral very quickly. And I think if they had smartphones back there, uh, the timetable probably would have been sped up uh, because he went viral and everyone would have come for him. Uh, but Jesus wanted uh, his followers, uh, but he didn't want uh, them to be following him for the wrong reason. He wanted his followers to follow him for the right reason. And that's why at that moment when they said, hey, let's make him king, he's like, no, this is not my time yet. Because they wanted him for a specific reason. They wanted him to be a political um, uh, revolutionist, a, a, a zealot, someone who was going to change the way things were done. They wanted Messiah to come with a sword in one hand uh, and, and come ready just to bash the snot out of the Roman Empire uh, and establish a, a Jewish kingdom that would last for a long, long time. Um, they wanted Messiah to bring heaven to earth, which Jesus will do. Uh, but Jesus' plan was not to bring heaven to earth, 
but to bring the people of earth to heaven. And that was uh, the plan that he was going to set in motion and that God had already set in motion since the beginning of uh, the earth. But they had a hard time understanding this. Uh, but now with all eyes on Jesus, he's done these miracles. He's got a warrant out for his rest. He just raised Lazarus from the dead with all eyes on Jesus coming in on this donkey that's not some old donkey. It's an important donkey. It's a donkey that was prophesied that Jesus would be riding. Destined Jesus is coming. Greatness. Yeah, this donkey was destined for greatness. And when that donkey graduated high school, it was like most likely to succeed. It was like this guy is the real deal. And uh, so Jesus is coming in at a very specific time with all eyes on him. And the reason why is because he understood God's timetable. And he understood in eight days I'm going to be dying on the cross for the sins of the world. I need all eyes on me now so that they can see my true purpose, my true intentions. And that's not to be a warrior, but that's to be someone who is going to bring redemption to the world. And we're going to see uh, that in the next few weeks. But again, the question could be asked, if God's God, uh, why again uh, did Jesus wait so long? Uh, what was the purpose in Jesus taking uh, so long? Uh, I know I asked you if I could flip around the Gospels. I didn't ask you if I could flip to the Old Testament, but I'd love to flip to the Old Testament if I had your permission. Awesome, I got a few head nods. Turn with me to Daniel chapter 9. Uh, Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. A portion of scripture some of you have read, maybe some of you haven't, uh, but this is a portion of scripture all you should know, because this is very, very important. This is what it says in Daniel chapter 9, verses 24 through 27. It says this, 70 weeks are determined for the people and for the holy city to finish the transgressions and to make an end to the sins, to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy and to anoint the most holy. Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the command to restore and to build Jerusalem until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks and the street shall be built again in the wall and even the troublesome times. And after the 62 weeks, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself and the people of the prince who is to come. Uh, they shall destroy the city and the sanctuary, and the end of it shall be uh, with a flood until the end of the war and the desolations are determined. Then he shall confirm a covenant with many uh, for one week. But in the middle of this week, he shall bring an end to the sacrifice of offering. And on the wing of abomination shall be one who makes desolate, even until the consummation, which is determined, uh, is poured out on the desolate. What I want us to really focus, guys, on in this portion of Scripture is what it says in the first two verses. It says, 70 weeks are determined for the people and for the holy city. And it says this. This is awesome. It says... Um, Know, therefore, and understand. This is important. It says, know, therefore, and understand. Anytime you see therefore in Scripture, you have to ask yourself the question, what is therefore? Therefore. Therefore, referring to the 77s. This is a concept that Jews would understand. This is a concept that Daniel would have understood. I'm going to talk about this concept in just a second. But he says, therefore, and understand. All of uh, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, they would have read this. They would have known this. And, and, and this understanding uh, is key and important. It says this, that from the going forth of the command to restore and build the temple until Messiah the Prince, there shall be seven weeks and 62 weeks. Uh, There's a lot of numbers. They could probably make a lot of uh, nonsense to us, but they actually make a lot of sense when you understand the concept here. Uh, in older translations, and actually what it reads in the Hebrew, it says 77s 
And then it goes on to say uh, seven sevens and 62 sevens. Um, and what these sevens are, if you look at Second Chronicles, uh, the, the, these sevens that are referenced here, these weeks, are actually references to literal seven-year periods. Okay, uh, the Jews, uh, the reason they were in exile was because they had not given the land its Sabbath year. Uh, in, in Jewish customs, God had told them that every seven years you don't uh, reap the harvest. You just let the land do its thing. Give the land a Sabbath and then you can pick back up. But the Jews hadn't been doing that. And so God sent them into exile for 70 years. And so this is where we get all these sevens and 62 sevens and whatnot. These, these sevens refer to seven-year periods. So we're told that there will be seven sevens and 62 sevens before Messiah is to come. Do the math. What's 62 plus seven? 69, okay? There is going to be 69 seven-year periods before Messiah is revealed. From the time that the decree goes forth for the walls of Jerusalem to be rebuilt. Now, how many days are in a year? Trick question. 365, right? 0.25 because of the leap year. All right, that's where the trick question comes in. I think Dan said it because he was looking at my notes. How many days are in a year? I said 364. Oh, you said 364. Okay, so there's 360 days in a year according to the Jewish calendar and the Babylonian calendar, which is what these guys were using. They weren't using a Roman calendar like we are. So when we do the math, you guys came to Bible study tonight. This isn't math. I know it's finals week for some of you guys. I'll do the math for you. 69 times 7. Uh, when, when, we, when we put in the factor of 360 days as a year, this equates out to 173,880 days. Okay, that's cool. That's awesome. <laughs> now we're just doing math in the Bible. What's the importance of this? Well, Nehemiah chapter 2, uh, verses 1 through 8, gives us this narrative of, of the Persians who took over the Babylonians. They give, Cyrus the Great gives the decree for Nehemiah to go back and to build the temple to build the walls of Jerusalem. This kicks off a countdown uh, for when Messiah was going to be uh, revealed. Uh, we know, uh, due to Persian records, that the year this happened was 444 B.C. Um, and we're also told in the, uh, the book of Nehemiah that it happened on the first of Nisan. How many of you guys drive a Nisan? I drive a Nissan. My Nissan's awesome. It's also biblical. Um, not really. Uh, Nissan is a Jewish month. The first of Nissan in 444 BC equates to our time uh, when you factor in leap years and all that good stuff. It, it, it equals March uh, 5th, 444 BC. So when you factor out how many years are in 1, uh, 173,880 days, it equals out to be 476 years and 25 days. Uh, so from the time this decree goes forth, in 476 years and 25 days, uh, it was told in Scripture that Messiah would be revealed. Now check this out. You do the math. This is crazy. According to this calculation, Jesus would come on March 30th, 33 AD. Interesting. Because we know from Jewish history that Passover that year in 33 AD was on April 3rd, which three days before or, or three days after Jesus rode into town, which is actually March 30th, 33 AD. Uh, that's crazy. Down to the exact day 
the Bible um, predicts, I wouldn't use the word predict, I'd use the word prophesize, that Jesus will come on this very day. And that is why in the book of Luke, uh, Luke, uh, it says this, uh, that they, they come to Jesus and they tell Jesus, uh, Jesus, make the people stop. Make them stop, dude. They're blaspheming. Like, like, like they're saying you're God. They're saying you're Messiah. What on earth? Like, stop them from saying this. And Jesus said, did you not know? Did you not know that if even the people, if, if the people are quiet, the very rocks will cry out? Uh, and here's the reality. If the people had stopped, uh, I believe 100%, that just like Balaam's donkey talk, the rocks would start talking. Uh, because that was a day that was preordained from the beginning of history that Jesus, that Messiah would be revealed and, and that, that he would make himself known. Uh, and if that isn't enough to like prove the validity of Scripture, I don't know what is because that's pretty darn intense that down to the very day, uh, more, than, uh, more than 600 years before the fact, the Bible uh, predicted down to the very day. Uh, and, and so to any skeptics, that might be out there. The Bible is 100% perfect, and there's a reason why it's infallible, and it's uh, useful uh, for teaching. Not only does Daniel and Nehemiah give us uh, some insight to this, Zechariah does it in Zechariah chapter 9. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9, is the very verse that tells us that this Messiah, that on this appointed day, would come riding in on a very, very destined for greatness specific donkey. And uh, our donkey, who's not just some old donkey, uh, plays a very integral role uh, in the narrative uh, of this uh, story. So here's the thing. Uh, Jesus comes in a very random way. He comes to earth in a very random way. If he's Messiah, if he's king, um, he comes in a very random way because he doesn't come as royalty. He doesn't come as some warrior. He comes as a babe uh, in a manger, very misunderstood uh, by his family. Uh, we see throughout the Gospels that Jesus' brothers and his mom they think he's crazy, and they're like, Jesus, what on earth are you doing? Please stop. You're making our family look crazy. Okay, Joseph's no longer in the picture, uh, and, and Jesus, you're the oldest. Uh, you're making our family look crazy. Stop giving our family a bad name. Jesus is like, no, this is what I'm supposed to do. Uh, he told his mom when he was 12 years old, he's like, Mom, don't you know I should be about my father's business? Like, Jesus had a plan, and he knew what he was doing, but he was misunderstood. Now, Jesus was holding back uh, a lot. Uh, throughout his ministry. Uh, if you read Revelation at all when it talks about Jesus coming, uh, Jesus is a pretty intense guy uh, and he comes with some pretty intense uh, arsenal with him. Uh, and so he was holding back a little bit. And as we're going to see uh, in, in the next few weeks uh, that his plan is going to unfold uh, verses or, or chapter 14 and 16 of John, uh, Jesus tells his disciples of the Holy Spirit uh, and what the Holy Spirit uh, is going to do uh, who the Holy Spirit is and his operations uh, in the church. Uh, and he's also going to tell his disciples about his redemption uh, in verses, uh, or chapters 17 and 19, 17, 18, and 19. We're going to see his death, and this is the death for the, resurre- uh, uh, for the redemption of our sins. And in uh, chapter 20, we're going to see him raised from the dead. And in verse 21, we're going to see his promises to us fulfilled. So there's a little bit of a preview for what's coming. Uh, but this donkey. Uh, who we looked at tonight, uh, was probably a nobody uh, when it comes to donkeys. He's just a donkey, chilling. Uh, but, the guys at the world. What's that? Perhaps the guys at the world. Right, right, right. He's just nothing. Um, but, but he had a very specific plan, uh, and there was a very specific purpose uh, for him. Uh, and when it comes to Jesus, uh, Jesus is no longer misunderstood, uh, and he's no longer holding back. Uh, scripture paints the picture 
of what Jesus has done for us and what Jesus has done uh, for humanity. At this point, I'm going to invite Mariah. If she can come back up, if you'd come back up uh, and just play the guitar uh, softly in the background. Uh, I heard one pastor say that he always has music towards the end of his sermon because it makes it sound more spiritual. I don't know if that's true. I'm not going to try and uh, uh, make it more spiritual than it is. Uh, but this is the reality. Uh, Jesus is no longer, uh, no longer has to be misunderstood because Scripture paints a very uh, real picture uh, about who Jesus is and about what Jesus has done. And that uh, he, he, he loved the world so much uh, that, that he came and he died a death that we all deserve and that it is through his death and through his resurrection that we can have eternal life. Um, and, and maybe you're sitting here uh, tonight and, and you've never heard of Jesus, you've never heard of what Jesus has done for you, uh, uh, the truth is, and then the fact remains, uh, that what Jesus did uh, for Jerusalem, what Jesus did for the disciples in the first century, what Jesus has done for many of us, what Jesus has done for my life, he can do it for your life too. Uh, and and it, is, it is through Jesus that we can have eternal life. So if you've never made the decision to follow Jesus and, and have him be the Lord of your life, uh, I, I would encourage you um, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I would encourage you that that, that, that is something uh, that, that I think is very is very beneficial. Um, and I know most of y'all in the room, uh, a few of you, um, have had the opportunity of getting to know just in the last uh, few hours. Uh, but, uh, um, <laughs> uh, but I think many of us are, are have have many if not all of us have made the decision to follow Jesus. And, um, and, and if you haven't, I want to give you that opportunity. But, but I want to speak uh, to, to the majority uh, of us, if not all of us. Uh, I, I, I know this speaks to me, uh, and, and I know this applies to me. Because uh, some of us, we can be just going through life uh, not thinking we're very important, uh, not thinking uh, we'll amount to much. I don't know if donkeys have the cognitive ability to think about what are my goals, what are my aspirations. Um, aspirations. They might want <laughs> That was good. That was good. Wow, props, dude. I like it. Okay, wow. Awesome, awesome. Uh, I don't know if donkeys have the opportunity to think about um, what they're going to do with their future. Um, but this donkey was just a lowly donkey. Uh, he had never been ridden, and I think that's important. Uh, he was wild, uh, and, and he really didn't have a purpose. He was just sitting there. Uh, and I think many of us, uh, God's given us a lot of, of potential, uh, but a lot of us might just be sitting, uh, might not be knowing where to go. Maybe we uh, get a pack thrown on our back every once in a while, and we move a little bit of thing from there to there, uh, but we don't really have a lot of purpose. We don't really have a lot of vision uh, for our lives. Uh, but I believe that the very same Jesus that gave uh, this simple donkey uh, the task of being the most important donkey in the history of donkeys uh, is the same Jesus who can take you, uh, who can take me, who can take us at whatever point we are at in our lives, and he can uh, rock our world and use us to do amazing things. Uh, Jesus can use us just like he used that donkey to bring him to a people, to bring him to a city. Jesus can use each and every single one of us to bring him everywhere we go. Yeah. 
and, and God wants to use each and every single one of you. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, he's actually commanded you to be like this donkey, to bring Jesus with you everywhere you go. And so I want to just pray for you guys tonight, and I want to give you guys the opportunity uh, to respond uh, to, to, to the message tonight, and then we're going to spend a little bit more time in worship. But uh, uh, I'm going to invite you guys to stand, uh, and then I'm going to invite you guys with every eye closed and with every head bowed. Um, I believe when the gospel is preached, uh, and, and when the, the, the hope and the good news of Jesus is preached, uh, I, I think it is my duty and my responsibility as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ to give an opportunity for, for, for maybe it's one person, maybe it's a few people in the room. If you've never given your heart to the Lord, or maybe you want to recommit your heart to the Lord, and you said, I haven't been living for Jesus. I've been living for Jesus as of recently, but I really want to, and I know I should be. So with every head bowed and with every eye closed, I want to give you guys the opportunity. If you never put your faith in Jesus, or you have and you're not living for Jesus now, uh, I, I would just encourage you uh, to, to take the step of faith and just to raise your hands. You know what? I want to put my faith in Jesus. I want to put my faith in Jesus. Is there anyone here tonight who would say, you know what? I'm putting my faith in Jesus. Awesome. Awesome. I see that here. And put them down with you right now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, I also want to give the opportunity if, if, if you are here uh, and, and you feel like, you know what? I really don't have a lot of vision. I really don't have a lot of direction, or or maybe you do, but at times you just feel useless, and you're like, God, I don't know how you're going to use me. I, I know you want to use me, but God, I just, I want you to use me, and I want to know how you're going to use me. Uh, if that's you, uh, if that's you, and, and you just say, you know what, God, I want you to use me. I'm willing to be used any way you will use me. Uh, God, just build me up, and like that donkey, uh, I want you to come into me, uh, and and everywhere I go, I will take you. I will take Messiah wherever I go. If that's you tonight, and you just want to be used more by Jesus, uh, and you want Jesus to give you that vision, that direction, if that's you tonight, I would encourage you just to raise your hand as well. Awesome, awesome. Guys, hands going up all over the room. Hands going up all over the room. Guys, I'm going to pray uh, for, for, for us right now because I believe in a very real God. I believe in a very living God. I believe in a God who answers prayer. Uh, and, and so tonight, uh, we're, we're going to pray, and we're going to believe that God is going to give vision. Uh, th 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 tonight, some of you are going to go to bed, and the Lord's going to speak to you. He's going to say, you know what? This is what I have for you. This is what I have. These are my plans. These are my purposes that you will prosper, and that, and that you can change the world. This isn't some feel-good message. This is the gospel. It's the good news. Uh, and good news feels good at times. Uh, and, and so we're, we're, we're going to pray that God would just do something in each and every single one of our lives. Uh, and, and then we'd have that vision, and then we'd have the boldness to go do what God has called us to do. So uh, let's just pray together. Dear God, we thank you, God, that uh, from the very beginning of time, uh, God, you knew each and every single one of us. Uh, God, your word tells us that when we were in our mother's womb, uh, God, you formed and you fashioned us. God, you gave us uh, vision, you gave us purpose. God, each and every single one of us uh, is unique. Uh, God, each and every single one of us uh, is in uh, a, a very specific place for a very specific time. Uh, God, and, and, and you've gifted us and you've given us, um, God, your spirit uh, to, to have power. Uh, God, and we just pray right now. God, I pray uh, for every person who raised their hand tonight. Uh, 
God's saying, I need vision. I need direction. God, I don't know uh, what you have for me. Or God, maybe I, I know what you have for me, but I, I don't see it in myself. I don't have the confidence. Maybe uh, I, I, I just feel useless, God. Uh, we come against those lies from the enemy right now. Uh, because, God, you did not create us to be useless. You did not create us uh, to be timid and to be shy. Uh, but, God, you have given us a spirit of love, of power, and of a sound mind. So, God, we bring those thoughts captive. God, we receive your power. And, God, we want to take your love to a world that needs your love. So, God, I pray right now that, that, that even in this moment, God, you might give someone uh, that direction. You might give someone vision. You might speak to someone in their heart and be like, hey, you know what? I've got you. I ain't ever let you go. And this is what I got for you. God, that as people go home tonight as they lay down. God, that you would give them vision. God, as, as they're faithful to read your word and to spend time in prayer and to seek you. God, you would give vision. You would make known the plans that you have for us as individuals, God, and that you would open the doors that no man can shut, that you would shut the doors that no man can open. God, that you would make straight the paths, God, that you would level uh, the mountains before us, God, and that as we go forth following you, giving our lives fully to you, God, standing for you with our arms high and with the heart abandoned, like we say, God, uh, that, 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 that the world would see you. God, that the world wouldn't see us. But God, that just like around Easter time, we just gloss over the fact there's a donkey and we remember people saw you. They said, Hosanna, Hosanna. This is our king. And God, we pray that like that donkey, we can bring you everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. And that people would see you in us, God, and they would have an experience with the living God, with Jesus Christ, God, and that we, through you, would have the opportunity to change uh, our families, change our teams, our class, uh, our co-workers, God, that we would change our city, our community, God, that we would change our county and our region, God, that we change the state, change this country, God, that we change the world, God, if, if people don't laugh at our dreams, they're not dreaming after that, God, I believe you put something in each and every single one of us, world-changing power, that's your Holy Spirit. God, you've been changing the world since its creation. God, I pray that you would continue to empower us to be a part of that. So, God, we thank you. Uh, and we pray, for you. Uh, God, and we just worship you in this place. Uh, God, and as we sing uh, these praises to you, uh, God, we just pray that, that you continually fill us. Uh, God, that as we sing, uh, God, we would just bring honor and glory to you. So, God, we thank you and we praise you in your son's wonderful. A beautiful name, Jesus Christ, and all God's people said, Amen.